Welcome back, RevDivers. We are very excited to introduce you to Alex Pecci. She's a freelance writer for Health Leaders Media, among many other top-notch news outlets. She's interviewed health industry leaders at every level, learning the ins and outs, particularly in the areas of revenue cycle management. So today, we're going to take a look at the perspective of a former industry outsider. Alex, we're so happy to have you on the show. Thank you, guys. I'm so happy to be here. We are looking forward to interviewing you because we're so used to being on the other side of the microphone. I don't even know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have to tell you, you are one of our favorite writers and podcast voices. You, you have contributed to so many news sources, the Washington Post, the Boston Globe, Health Leaders Media. What inspired you to become a writer? Well, I always say that I became a writer because there is literally nothing else that I know how to do well enough that anyone would pay me. Um, <laughs> so that's first and foremost. Um, but also, I have always loved writing ever since I was a kid. I was one of those kids who made fake magazines and newspapers in elementary school. Okay. And I would be writing as a hobby if I didn't write as a profession. So it's what I do for fun, but it's also what I do for my job. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So did you find like you've been writing across like multiple industries and, and content areas. Did you find that the healthcare industry was different than other industries? Oh, yes. Well, first of all, <laughs> I, I write about some like really diametrically opposed things. On one side, I write about healthcare. On the other, I write about travel and food and lifestyle topics where I'm like interviewing people in the community. Uh, I'm, I strive, of course, to be accurate with everything. You know, the last thing I want to do is spell someone's name wrong or misquote somebody. But in the healthcare field, there's this extra layer of rules and regulations that just don't exist in other industries. So you not only have to get everything right about the person that you're writing about, but also you have to make sure that you're not giving bad information. Because so much of the healthcare writing that I do is sort of informative, um, helpful writing that people are looking to my writing to say, how do I handle this situation? Or what's a way that another person has handled a certain hard situation? And if I point them in the wrong direction or at the wrong regulation or explain something incorrectly, it could have some really serious consequences. And in an example of that is I recently started writing for a magazine called Pharma Voice. And so the FDA has all kinds of rules about the ways you can and can't talk about pharmaceuticals that are on the market. So to be really just sort of extra careful. Wow. You know, thinking about an outsider's quote unquote outsider's perspective, yeah. because Taya and I and our, our audience, our rev divers, we're deeply entrenched in this stuff in revenue cycle management, practice management compliance, you name it. I mean, we're entrenched in the healthcare industry. Mm -hmm. uh, but initially, I'm curious to know, like, what was your impression of, of healthcare coming into this type of, you know, boots on the ground interviews with, with folks who are in it every single day? Were you, were you surprised at all by the complexity? Yeah, so I always come at it from the idea that I'm not an expert. I interview experts and then share what they have to say with other people who care about it. So I don't need to be the one who's explaining something. You guys are the ones who are explaining it through me, for example. Um, but with Revenue Cycle in particular, um, 
I was really surprised at how I didn't know what it was. Um, I have been in the healthcare field writing for like, you know, more than a decade when I got on the revenue cycle beat. And my editor said, we're going to have you write about revenue cycle. And I said, okay, great. And then I went home and Googled what is revenue cycle because <laughs> I had heard the term a lot over the years. I really didn't know what it was. Um, and I found that that was true even for people who work in healthcare, you know, people in a hospital don't know what the revenue cycle is. So I felt a little, not as bad <laughs> that I didn't know what it was, but also I realized that I had some hurdles to jump over. Absolutely. And I think with Taya and I in this podcast, what we try to do is expose individuals in this field to experts and thought leaders. So we're so glad that you have, you know, been able to share as much knowledge as you have through you know, the the people that you interview. So that's fantastic. Um, there, as you mentioned, healthcare is a very unique industry. Mm -hmm. And given all that you've learned, all that you've encountered, um, if you could change one thing in the healthcare industry, <laughs> what would you change? Well, I don't think we have enough time to really talk about all the things that I would change. But I feel like... And maybe this is, again, I, I interview providers, so I hear what they have to say. But the way that payers kind of make the rules and break the rules and then make them up seemingly as they go along and change them without really telling you and set rates that don't seem fair and that are secretive, I would, I would swoop in and do some work on the payer side reforming that rather than going in and making the providers having to post prices or, you know, not balance bills. Yes. It's they're forgetting about this middleman. That's sort of like the puppet master with all of this stuff. So <laughs> I would, I would take heat off of hospitals and really be laser focused on insurance companies and make some reforms there. Yes, yes, I completely agree. And I think that, you know, you being deep in the healthcare industry and interviewing all of these leaders at all these different levels, you know, you've been able to get views from so many people and you're coming to the same conclusion that all of us on like it's on the ground are coming to. So yeah. like think back to all those conversations, right? Hospitals, private practices, everybody at the C-suite level down to people who are actually inputting the claims. Is there any one conversation that really stuck with you? And if so, why? Well, I have a lot. Can I name a couple? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> okay. First of all, you two, because you were the first ones that I heard talk about <laughs> revenue cycle in a way that seemed, dare I say, fun. Um, because you were so clearly like into it, so excited by the topic and getting people excited. And I remember at a conference, you had like a packed room if you were like the Madonna of revenue cycle. So, <laughs> so for sure, you guys, as far as providers, um, there's a woman named Jerry Lynn Sevenacre, who's the vice president of revenue cycle at Sharp Healthcare. And she did I something I think about all the time. She gamified the revenue cycle. I think about she, it all the time too. She's my she, hero. She's so cool. She basically watched her daughter ignore her playing a, a mobile game. 
and was like, how can I get my revenue cycle employees to have the same level of focus and competition as my daughter who's obsessed with this video game. So she kind of made a video game out of revenue cycle. Um, and then another person I really like to talk to is Terry Meyer. She's the um, system director for patient revenue cycle at UC San Diego Health. And I think she's really interesting. First of all, she's really involved in HFMA and she's super passionate about education. But I like what she did at uh, UC San Diego because customer service folks are the top of the food chain in the revenue cycle. They have the biggest salary. It's the top of the career ladder. And that's where you're working up to. And she says that's because you're the face of the, the organization. You're who's talking to the patients. You're explaining their bill. And so instead of losing people when a job, uh, instead of losing a good customer service person, they, everyone wants to wind up in customer service. So I just, I love talking to her. Wow. You know, just thinking about all of the individuals that you've been able to, to speak with and gather information from, um, we would love to kind of indirectly share some of their knowledge through you to our audience. Um, and, and we do try to leave our audience with, you know, something that, that they can take with them from our episodes. And if you could pass like one piece of information to all revenue cycle leaders, what would you say to them? Well, I think it would be a couple of things. Uh, first of all, I would take a page out of Terry's book and really think about education because so often people get hired into the revenue cycle as an entry level. And it's so important. It's such an important job. It's what keeps the hospital running. Um, so if education and certifications can kind of be built in to those jobs, I think that would be really important. And also um, that sort of goes along with networking. I think when revenue cycle leaders talk to each other and get ideas, it's super important. And then the last thing I would say is not to get bogged down in the way things have always been done. You know, because I think when you're dealing with a, such a like a rule-based industry, it really is easy to say, but we've done it like this for 20 years or this is how I learned it, you know, and that's not really a good enough reason to do something. So I would say, sorry, it's a cliche, think outside the box and like really do something different and don't be afraid to do something different. Innovate. <laughs> Innovate. Don't be scared. Yeah. We absolutely hate when we, I can't tell you how many times we've walked into a facility and when we ask, okay, well, why are you doing it this way? The answer is, well, this is the way we've always done it. It is the most meaningless answer to me <laughs> because it tells me you've done absolutely no investigation into better processes and workflow. So I absolutely hear you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think part of that comes from fear, fear of the unknown, fear of making a mistake and I think what you've done, Alex, is you've invited folks to to think outside of the box and not be scared to try something different because you never know until you try. Yeah. Or as Nicole says, until you face it, until you make it, right? right. Yes. Podcast guest, and we love that. Face it till you make it. I love that. I think I'm going to write that down. Yes. <laughs> it's a great it's a great saying and a great, great way of thinking as well. Yeah. So. Alex, oh my gosh, thank you so, so much for being on the other end of, <laughs> of this interview. Yeah, it felt <laughs> weird, but good. 
Thank you so much. And I know that our rev divers have definitely gained some new knowledge and insight from you. So uh, until we meet again, rev divers, keep diving into those rev cycles. <laughs>